0: Happy Friday. Welcome here. Happy Cinco de Mayo, Steve Sippel. Uh, Welcome to another edition of Husker Online Headlines as we go down what we think are five of the bigger storylines of the week, not only with just Nebraska, but even around college football as well. So we'll we'll cover a lot of ground here as uh, we tape this Cinco de Mayo edition of Husker Online Headlines. Let's get right into it. Headline number one. The Huskers land a commitment from a legacy Keelan Smith, son of former Husker great, NFL great Neil Smith. He goes six foot three, 200 pounds out of Liberty North in the Kansas City area. Um, and, and this is an interesting one because I don't think it was on a lot of people's radars until this week because mm-hmm. um, his recruiting, he's got Power Five offers. In fact, he told Brian Munson. He was offered by schools like Iowa and UCLA. Just never tweeted those out. But um, it was really a Nebraska versus Missouri race for Keelan Smith. And the Huskers uh, bring home a legacy.
1: Yeah. Now, now he's. I see on three has him as a three-star athlete. I've I've talked to his father, Neil. Um, Neil says he's a tight end. His son's a tight end. We'll play tight end. We'll see on that, right? Is that what you're expecting? No. Oh.
0: What do you, well, te- you tell me here? Well, they have Ian Flint in one tight right. end spot, and then the other spot's held for Carter Nelson. So, so what do you think? I, I think he's an athlete, and I okay. think you figure out where he grows. Okay, all and right. I think he's a defensive athlete. If I had to guess.
1: Oh, well, his well, dad was a tight end and became a great defensive. Defense, athlete. Yeah, I think
0: he's just like his father.
1: Yeah, his dad. His dad played both sides of the ball in high school. Um, grew up in New Orleans. Um, well, that's, that's interesting. I mean, yeah, you better not say, t- I mean, they, there's a pretty good tight end there. Yeah. Right? I saw by your reaction. Uh, you are not pleased that I invoked the tight end in this discussion. No. <laughs> um, so,
0: okay. Because well, there is one tight end spot left. It's being held for a young man in Ainsworth, Nebraska.
1: Okay. Period. Okay. Period. Yeah, yeah. Iowa's on Keelan Smith pretty hard, Missouri, as you said. So yeah, his dad, I mean, I hope he turns out like his dad, his dad wasn't, you know, there is one similarity for sure. His dad wasn't that highly recruited. Um, not that Keelan wasn't recruited, but not, you know, he wasn't being – he wasn't a big-time national well, recruit. Neither was his dad. He didn't
0: overly promote himself. I think he was kind of lower profile in terms of that. Um, and, you know, he had he had big offers, but you're right. I, I think, he, you know, he, he wasn't out there going to lots of camps, seven-on-seven events, kind of promoting – himself every weekend like you see a lot of guys do around the country now he did visit nebraska late in april um and and he was offered first by mickey joseph okay and then visited nebraska in april and that's when matt rule kind of moved forward with things and and um you know this is a no brainer for matt rule i think a lot of times the story is what we've seen these legacy guys let's go back to like a joe burrow Mm -hmm. um even mike rucker's brother remember the tight end yeah. What about Raiola's brother? Yeah. I mean, Nebraska like overthought some of these legacy guys, and they ended up going to Missouri or Wisconsin mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and being pretty good players. Yes. And I think they the potential is here with Keelan Smith. They clearly see it that hey, let's get this guy here and develop him. Yeah. So yeah,
1: Neil. Neil, I, I mean, come on, this was absolutely one of the best defenders ever to play at Nebraska. Borderline Hall of Famer. Yeah. He was. He was on the NFL 1990s All Decade Team. Um, now that usually gets you to the hall of fame again, NFL 1990s, all decade team. Now he's not a hall of famer. I don't know if that, if that'll work out that way or not, but he had a, (laughs) he had 104 and a half career sacks in the NFL, 104. He led the NFL in sacks in 1993. Um, this was a great player. He was an all American at Nebraska in 1987. Personal note. I sat by Neil um in a basketball coaching class and he i I, and i was talking to him earlier today and i said yeah you always wore uh, camouflage pants and and uh boots like like military boots he said oh yeah he goes i'm he said people knew me for that and i worked out in those boots he said he when he was in the nebraska weight room he worked out in his military boots just felt felt comfortable um, they, they said he, it was a leverage thing. it gave him good leverage. Um, so yeah, Neil's an interesting guy and and obviously very proud of his son. He said his son's very confident, does not want to fail. Does, just't doesn't, do, doesn't want the, he's very intent on not failing here. So um, it's a good, it's a good uh, it's a pretty good little story here, Sean.
0: Uh, with the commitment of Keelan Smith. That's now six commitments for Nebraska's class of 2024. Okay. Um, and the kind of the weighted rankings that we use it on three, they're ranked 24th in the country right now. So, um, you know, they're kind of slowly climbing um, up up with each commit they add. Uh, but six guys on board. I think the question I still have now is how many will they take? Okay. Um, because there is only, what, eight seniors on this team right now? Mm-hmm. And so there's not a lot of cap space that's going to free up mm-hmm. to bring in a lot of new bodies. But you know there's going to be more attrition and roster right. turnover that happens again next year. Um, I still think they'll find themselves close to 20 again like they always do. But then you got to have room for portal guys, too. I mean, ma- managing the roster numbers is, is, is
1: a challenge. In you know, this day and age, it's, it's really become – well, it's just to say it's more complex than it used to be for sure, you know.
0: And I think Rule wants to focus more on high school guys that they can develop. Yes,
1: he does. He has said that.
0: And you think about, okay, look at the seniors in this program right now. Six of them came to Nebraska by way of transfer portal or junior college. There's only two, you know, listed seniors. Now it, it's te- hard because of the quote COVID. You've got a lot of fifth-year juniors on yeah. this team too. So those, those would be seniors mm-hmm. right now too. But you've got to get more guys in this program. That you develop from start to finish, Oshaan Mathis, Transfer Portal, Trey Palmer, Transfer Portal, Draft Picks, mm-hmm. Samari Torre, Transfer Portal, Draft Pick. Three out of the five last draft picks from Nebraska have come from the portal. That's a problem.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's just a different I difference. mean they've helped
0: Nebraska, but you need
1: to develop those guys as well to be able to win this league. Right. It's a different world. I mean, I don't I can say this for the older generation, Sean it is remarkably different how how much different it's become i mean i just grew up at a time where you got to know players as they grew in the program and there's still some of that it still happens garrett nelson it happened right it happens with a, it happens with a fair number of players but man it's it's not like it used to be in in basketball at Nebraska. Oh. My god, it hardly ever happens anymore. Yeah,
0: like if you get a player here for more than 2 years, it's yeah,
1: it's, it almost seems strange.
0: That's why like when you think about college basketball like in the 80s and the 90s, I mean, players
1: played all the way through their career. Generally speaking, yeah, I mean, imagine I was thinking about it the other day like Hunter Dickinson, the Michigan center. Now at Kansas, he committed to Kansas. Hunter Dickinson for his la- it'll be his last college year. Just imagine if like Bill Walton, you know, who who became a star at UCLA, just said, oh, my last year, I'm going to go to Kentucky. You know, I mean, it, it just, it's just hard to imagine that ever happening back then, the way it happened so casually now. But it is what it is. I'm not complaining.
0: All right. Keelan Smith, commitment number six for Nebraska in there you the go. class of 2024. Let's move things forward now. Headline number two, we're talking quarterbacks for Nebraska um, not only outgoing quarterbacks, possible targets. Um, so it's been quite a week, as you know, uh, over the last week for Nebraska, Casey Thompson went in the transfer portal. We hit on that last week on headlines. Um, Nebraska also lost Richard Torres and Logan Smothers to the portal. I mean, there's a lot of people out there, you know, dreamers would, would a Logan Smothers come back
1: and you know, maybe, but I, I have not heard that. Have you? Nope. I'm not, i have not heard anything to suggest that. Um, it would make sense and they could use him. He, I mean, he would make a push challenge, obviously, to be their number two guy. But is that what Logan Smothers wants? That's what you have to ask yourself. A lot of competitive athletes don't think like fans and media do. Like, what, why, why, why would I? I mean, I wonder if a guy like Logan Smothers would look at us and say, are you serious now? You think I'm just going to come back just to be the number two guy? I want to go start. I think a lot of guys are like that. I, In fact, Sean, I hope they're like, I hope Logan Smothers is like that. Where we come back and think, okay, oh, that'd be a nice little comfortable thing for the program to have Logan Smothers back as this, um, maybe this backup plan. Insurance policy. Yeah. Oh yeah. But you got to think about the kid and and the, what he must be thinking. He didn't get to be Logan Smothers by saying, oh yeah, I guess I'm okay with number two. You know, I'll just take it. That's fine. Well, even like the. Sean, deb- I don't think they're like
0: that. Well, even the debate, like, I'm going to go get a quarterback from the portal to bring Nebraska. I was at at stop on Friday morning. Today, this, Which U-Stop? Today, 27th and Pine Lake. Okay. And actually, Tom Stevens, your our old friend. Sure. His brother runs that U-Stop there. And we, okay. we had a real spirited debate about, he's like, can't they just go get a quarterback from the portal and bring another guy? And like, And I said, who would want to come here? Like, at this
1: point when it
0: are you already know Jeff Sims has a lock on the job
1: 100% what what was his reply i mean what he didn't what really was...
0: have a good one and I, and i said look guys that are in the portal they're either no good and the ones that have skill they're mm-hmm. in there cuz they want to go somewhere and have a chance to start right they want to yeah so is Matt Rule going to take a guy that's not good and waste that spot on him or a guy that's good enough to come in here to maybe challenge um, a guy like Sims, which I don't think there is anybody in the, in the portal at this moment. Well, there was one that just ended up committing to Auburn. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Clay Thor, or not Peyton, Peyton, uh, Peyton, Thorne. Peyton Thorne, Peyton Thorne, Peyton Thorne, Michigan state going to Auburn. And that's a whole nother interesting conversation because start of the week, it felt like Casey Thompson, Auburn was maybe going to happen. Mm-hmm. He visited Auburn. Then, Peyton Thorne goes in the portal. It's mm-hmm. almost like he jumped the line on Casey Thompson and the powers that be at at Auburn said, this is the guy we want.
1: Well, Peyton Thorne' one game. he has a better resume. I mean, and here's the ki- critical thing, Sean. Peyton Thorne has two years of eligibility left. Casey has one. So he could he could be a two again, I want to stress, Peyton Thorne could be a two-year guy at Auburn, okay? Um, he had a huge year at Michigan State in 2021 when they went when they won the Peach Bowl and he threw for over 3000 yards, 27 TDs and 10 picks. Now he didn't have a good 2022. The program didn't have a good 2022, but of the two guys, Thorne and Casey, Thorne's probably the more accomplished. Yeah, I know. Yeah, he's the guy you'd probably want and I think you're probably right. It looks like he jumped ahead of Casey. Now Casey reportedly has 12 offers. Um the FAU, world,
0: Houston.
1: Yeah. The World the Omaha World Herald didn't say the names, but they reported that he's going to Florida Atlantic this weekend to check it out. Um, and that, that maybe Florida Atlantic has the inside track with Tom Herman there. Uh Tom Herman, who whom recruited uh Casey to Texas. Take Casey committed to Texas in April of 2017. So maybe that the pitch is hey, Casey. Let's get it back going again. Well, then if you went to,
0: say, FAU, that would tell you NIL is really not a priority because with what Casey was making at Nebraska at NIL, that would be more salary than most
1: assistant coaches would probably make at FAU. Okay, now the one way I'd push back on, you might be right, Sean, but how, I, the thing I'd wonder about, the thing I'd ask you is, how, how did they put that, that basketball team together at FAU without NIL? You, did you see that happen to see Florida Atlantic what they did this year? I mean, wow. those were guys that had been there. Ah, uh, no, not all. Of but them. it wasn't nil. Like, oh come on, FA. Come on. you like, don't put that you don't put that team together without paying those guys, Sean. Maybe it
0: came over time, but I'm telling you, like they're they're not flush with nil money. I've been to FAU. I've been on their facilities. I've been on their campus. They're they don't have
1: that kind of money just rolling around there. They don't have to. I mean, all it takes is a couple boosters. I mean, it, I, I'm not saying they have a great campus and great facilities, but that's not what we're talking about. We're talking about we're talking about paying players. I think they've updated their football facilities, but what, I, again, I'm not talking about facilities, Sean. There's no way they can put that basketball team together without paying. I, I would have, a, I don't know, like it'd be the it'd be the craziest thing I've ever there's seen. There's just not
0: that much NIL that flows at like the non-major level. There's some, but not much. You might be right, I, and I don't have any evidence. You need the booster support and the fan support at a high level to pool together millions of dollars. Okay. You might be right. I don't know. I, I, how, how, I mean, that's a Final Four team. Yeah, I think they just had a really good team and a good coach. Oh, they, that seems like, really naive to me, Sean. I mean, they weren't even seated very high. So,
1: I, they were. They, they were, won
0: 30 games. I, I know, but how about that? They weren't even seated very high. Yeah. What were they were they an eight nine? I think they won thirty four. Were they an eight nine seed? Was that their seed? I think so. Yeah, and they they should have been. They probably should have been like a five.
1: Yeah, I'd be hard. Pre- You'd be really hard pressed to convince me At that NIL. they put together that team and they weren't paying anybody. Yeah. <laughs> that would just seem. That would we just seem to, um, incredible to me.
0: When Carl Pellini was the coach of FAU, there was that. Remember, there was like that one outlet, like Owl Scoop. Yeah, there was like. I mean, there's no one that covers that team no. hardly out there. No, uh, so I don't. don't even know if we. Can, Al Scoop did a good job by the the only people back there. So I don't even know if we could get those answers.
1: Yeah. uh, It's interesting. Sean, I, you, I I hate to have an intense debate about something we don't know, but intuitively, intuitively, doesn't that talent on that team say to you, oh, I mean, they, they could have just said, Hey guys, can you just do this for free? I just don't I just don't think that they, that's possible right now.
0: I don't think we're talking big NIL dollars, though. I think we're talking maybe no, some. No, I wouldn't
1: rule that out.
0: All right, let's move on. Headline number three around the Husker horn. We want to cover a few different things in this topics um okay. uh, with other sports. Uh volleyball.
1: You want to you want to start with the setter battle?
0: Yeah, that, that's something, you know, John Cook uh ha- has a setter battle on his hands. Mm-hmm. And as you know with volleyball, that, that's
1: a big, big part of the game. It's like Nebraska, we thought, might have a quarterback battle. Uh, In football, they don't, but John does. John has a quarterback battle. Kennedy Orr, who's a junior um, from Minnesota, and then they brought in a freshman who's an early enrollee named Bergen Riley. Um, Now, this is a fascinating – this is really – if you're a volleyball fan, this is something to watch very closely. This is the quarterback. And now, two years ago, Sean, I distinctly remember John Cook came on my radio show in Lincoln – and said he's handing the keys to the program to Kennedy Orr. Okay, Kennedy Orr was was a, was a freshman at that time. Didn't work out. She didn't have a great year last year. They had to go to a two setter system because she struggled with consistency, and I think she had some serving issues. So now she's, I don't know, she went to a she went to a camp um, a, this this thing called the WNT Open program in Colorado recently and trained with some of the best coaches and players in the nation. She's trying to get back to where she can claim a starting job, but in comes this, this Bergen Riley from Sioux Falls, South Dakota, early enrollee. She played two sets against Wichita state the other day in central city in the, in the exhibition match. Uh, Kennedy Orr played one. I mean, I, I, it, I I don't know know where it's headed. I wonder, I wonder, but yeah, it's definitely something to watch. John's got a loaded team again, but Come on, Sean.
0: What mean, are, you got to like, have a setter. You got to have a setter.
1: What are the transfer portal window rules for all
0: other sports? I, Ooh, I that's a good question. Like, I know what football is. It closed. Yeah. I mean, like, what are constraints? Because last year, Keena kana you know, went in right around this time, actually, mm-hmm. um, is when she went in um, the portal. Then it ended up going to Texas. Um, but John has – he's got elite-level five-star talent on that roster. He
1: does. And you can't play them all. No, and again – Your heart, I mean, come on, I'm kind of stating the obvious. But to me, it's fascinating because Nebraska will try. It could be a situation where they try to win a national title with a 17-year-old setter. I mean, Bergen Riley's 17 years old. I remember a pretty dang good one in 2000
0: that won a title as a freshman. She was was a sophomore, excuse me, Gracia Lee Saparo.
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah, it was back in your day. I I was the beat writer. Was Was she a sophomore? Yep. Yeah, it's young. You
0: can do it. It can be done. Lindsay Wishmeyer, Amber Holmquist, Laura Pil- Pilikowski, and Gracia Lee Saparo. They were the, the four sophomores on that team. Sean, that's awesome. Nancy Mendering, um, Medcalf, was sitting out that year because she was doing Olympic training, and that takes me to my next volleyball thing I want to get on. How about Jordan Larson? She's going to give it potentially one more run at the national team. Um, the announcement was made that she's going to train again with the U.S. national team with a chance
1: to, to try to win another gold medal. I think it's really hard to find that rush of competitiveness in this world. And I think a lot of athletes have trouble moving out of it. I mean, it's you just don't find it. You, I mean, I think for a lot of – well, I know this because I've talked to a lot of athletes over the years. That rush, they feel that daily – urgency they feel you just don't find that in your normal life and i I think that can be a hard transition i'm not saying that's what it is for her but i wouldn't be surprised well she got into coaching for a cup of coffee she was
0: on that texas staff for a while and and um didn't work out came back um and just hung out in nebraska and we go to fremont and we speak at those husker lunches there Mm -hmm. and she was practicing and training with the the midland volleyball program the Mm -hmm. ai powerhouse program up there and you know, one of the interesting things I heard that coach talk about at our lunch in Fremont was because she's played all over the world and had training from coaches in literally different continents, Europe, Asia, wherever. She has so many different ways. She knows how to play the sport, Yeah, the way she hits the ball, the way she digs the ball, the way the things that she does, like she can do it at an elite level, four or five different ways. That's amazing. And, And that's that's what makes her unique is that international skills Mm -hmm. that she's picked up through her play um, after Nebraska, she's just been able to translate that. And and you just wonder, like, will she get into coaching? Because we're going to have that conversation eventually, who will be the successor to John Cook? Mm -hmm. And, you know, right now I would put my money on Danny Busboom-Kelly. Yeah. That's probably, if you had like a Vegas leaderboard, because we are a few years away from that.
1: Yeah. And do I mean, don't know what Jordan Larson's coaching capability is. It's a tough, I mean, you, as you know, Sean, it's not just, well, player X was a great player and will make a great coach. It's not that simple. Maybe, no. yeah, there's a lot of great players that Maybe have Michael made, Jordan. As you, I mean, he yeah,
0: can't coach. I mean, would you would you say Bus Boom is the leader in the clubhouse to replace John Cook someday?
1: Or, I mean, it can change. And Yeah, I in, do. Any, right? I think that's the, yeah, I think that, that, in, Now, Sean, I hadn't thought about it, but yeah. That was it Tyler Hildebrand? When he, he left to go to Long Beach State, yeah, Hildebrand would be a name. He'd be another guy. I mean, and I think Skinner, uh, Skinner, I believe is at Kentucky. Won multiple SEC titles. Right. He's on that two thousand right. coaching staff with John Cook. Right. So now we better get out of this because we could really, really expose ourselves as morons as we try to break down the coach. No, but yeah, Jordan
0: Larson. Uh, props to her. And I want to close Nebraska basketball. Um, kind of news and notes here. Yeah, Wilhelm Brighton Breitenhop- Breidenbach uh, goes into the Brian Bach. transfer portal. <laughs> I saw Kesei Dominaga at Laszlo's at lunch, by the way. Um, so, but uh, Wil- Wilhelm goes in the transfer portal. Um, according to Robin Washett, our basketball expert at HuskerOnline.com, not a huge surprise. I think um, mm-hmm. folks saw that coming, especially uh, with the latest Josiah Alec addition to the roster. So Fred now has two spots left to fill. But they're putting together quietly a nice offseason. They have one of the better ranked transfer portal recruiting classes in, in college basketball.
1: Right yeah, now. I really like the way the roster's shaping up. I mean, this is, you're, you nailed it on Breidenbach in that when they, when I just say signed now, it's almost like pro sports. When they signed Josiah Alec from New Mexico, my first thought was, okay, this just looks like another Breidenbach, but better. Well, I think that was right. I think I think that instinct was correct. Um, I thought that that signaled problems for Wilhelm. Um, I like that. I do like the roster. Getting the point guard from Iowa was critical. You had to get a point guard. The reason I like it though, it's it's very simple. They have Case coming back, who's a dangerous scorer, but he becomes less dangerous if teams can shade toward him. You know, commit more you know, more than one player to him. Well, it's going to be hard because Nebraska has guys like Jamarcus Lawrence and, you know, Bryce Bryce Williams Williams comes in. Rink Mast can shoot from the perimeter. C.J. Wiltshire is a shooter. That's, I think, I mean, that's the critical element to this team to me is it's not just Casey. What I think Fred's effectively done is take pressure off Casey with these signings, Um, particularly with Rink Mast, Bryce Williams, um, and then you still have Jamarcus Lawrence um, and getting Aaron Uless from Iowa really helps as a point guard. I, I don't think he could have made it work without Eulis, by the way. I think it would have been really difficult. You have to have somebody to initiate offense. I don't care what you say. Robin says it sometimes. I don't agree with him. Oh, you don't really have to have a point guard. You just have to have somebody to initiate the offense. Good luck winning in the Big Ten without, without a, a point guard. It's hard to do. I just love the way, though, Fred has kind of
0: pivoted his coaching style which is not easy to do when you've been doing this a long time. It's
1: easier when you have to, though. (laughs) Um, You know, when you have no choice Um, and this gets a little easier, you know, when you got it, when basically you have to win. And he he wasn't winning the way he was playing. Well, and the way he came in,
0: I mean, the style was, let's let Matt Abdelmase build kind of a fantasy team of big names, big points. It didn't work. No, no. I mean, the, those guys, Abdel-Mossi, they're
1: good players, uh-huh. but it didn't work. For whatever oh, reason, it didn't Fred, work. Fred made a bad tactical decision by saying, Matt Abdelmasi, you put the team together. That's and what it no did. And no assistant coaches have any recruiting input. Right. That's what it was. I mean, I don't mind saying that on air. That's like what
0: it Doc was. Like Doc Sadler, you can't no, have a no say. No, had no say. Nate Lindzer, hey, you coached the, the D-League team for the G-League team for the Bulls and did a lot, of, but you, you're not going to build any – I mean – it created
1: a lot of, I think, animosity. Well, I don't know. Uh, maybe. But the main thing is, is it created losing at an incredible level. I mean, it's almost fictional to be 18 and 61 in the Big Ten. Okay? <laughs> that's That sounds like a fictional record. It'd still be around. <laughs> right. Exactly. Now, though, as, as we establish swinging it back towards the positive, I do think he has a good roster now. Um, now it's kind of funny. We, you know, there's a thread on, on our, our message board the other day about Fred and there's, there's people that say, well, if he just gets them to the NIT, I mean, we're in year five. That's all. What I'd say that is the expectations here are pretty much dangerously low year five, you're paying him a lot of money. And really it's just get to the NIT. I, I guess that's, it's okay. I'm not, I don't bite back too hard on that because you did see
0: progress last year. There's 14 teams in the Big Ten. (laughs) Who do you think has the longest drought of NCAA tournament? Nebraska. Nebraska. Yeah, of course they do. You know, that Tim Miles lightning in a bottle run, that's 10 years ago, brother. I know. I mean, I know. That was a long time ago, and they just got hot. I mean, they hit shots that that season that weren't great basketball shots. They were Mm -hmm. just making them. Remember, like Walter Pitchford was just popping it up from everywhere. And yeah, Teron Petaway was like just pulling up for three. I mean, yeah, those the
1: are good teams, though. They sure.
0: were good teams. you know, yeah. no, Tim Miles brought, they got hot. They had good players. Yeah, they had good players. But yeah, can they get to that level to the middle of the Big Ten? Because we know the Big Ten is essentially a 10-bid league, maybe a nine-bid league.
1: I think they, I think they are. This does look like a
0: middle of the pack t- team. To and they, they were close this year. I mean, they were. You know,
1: winning a couple of non-conference games and maybe one more in the conference from being in the bubble discussion. On the, on the bubble. And then, you know, I thought the loss to Minnesota to, in the in the Big Ten tournament was really disappointing. It seemed like they had something going a little bit, and then you lose that game. I mean it's the cost of the NIT. Well, I from what we've heard since is that he would have had to win two. They would have had to That's win ridiculous. Two. Yeah, it kind of is, but that's what I know that's, I know that's what Fred was thinking. The politics of the NIT
0: and how they build that bracket with geography and other factors. I mean, come on, Nebraska won enough games in the Big Ten to get in that deal.
1: Well, more, yeah, and I look at it a little more this way, and that is, they looked like an NIT team to me. They they were good enough. I thought they were good enough to maybe win a game in the NCAA tournament if they, if you know, if. Well, they beat Maryland. They beat Wisconsin. Yeah. I mean they were pretty good. They beat at Iowa end. twice. They got pretty good. They were they were legit good, which again makes that Minnesota loss all the more confounding. Anyway, and, and then the schedule too is a big element.
0: I think they're scheduling smarter. That's the last thing I want to hit on basketball. Okay. Um the Oregon State game was announced. Oh the, yeah. The bum the real bummer. Whoever thought about I mean, they must have been pretty limited with the venue, but the that Minnesota game, I'm sorry, Oregon State game in Sioux Falls yeah. is going to be At the Stanford Pentagon, the same day as the Nebraska-Wisconsin football
1: game. Hmm. Yeah, so odd.
0: It's going to be, you know, there'll be fans there, but I wish they could have played that. Like last time they played in Sioux Falls, Sunday, I went went on a bus trip. Oh God, that's right. That was fun, wasn't it? In like fifty people.
1: Yeah, that was a Sunday
0: game. Yes, and it it was a complete mess, and I loved every bit of it. As far as the trip, we had a lot of fun.
1: They beat Oklahoma State seventy-nine to fifty-six. It It was was a great win.
0: Yeah, it was what so that. They're back in the Pentagon. They're going to play Oregon State. Very, but what I'm saying, it's very winnable. Not they're not over scheduling. And we've seen this last few years at Nebraska. They've over scheduled the non-conference to the point when they get into the Big Ten. They're already, you know, in the hole so much they can't get out. Right. They got to get ahead of the season before they get behind the season. Yeah. And I think they can. I think they can with this team. Okay. Headline number four. Let's talk Nebraska baseball. It's it's interesting discussion. It's kind of—I mean—I haven't talked to Will or seen Will um, all season, but I—I got to imagine he's awfully frustrated just with the lack of consistency that his team has had. Um, They—they gave—they gave up a bunch of runs. I think six runs in the ninth inning um, to get beat by Minnesota on Friday. A bad Minnesota. Team. Then they gave up five, They gave up a five-run first to North Dakota, Dakota State. State. So they had a two-and-two two week. They took two out of three from Minnesota, but they lose to North Dakota State. That's on the heels of the week before they lost to South Dakota State. And I think that's probably the most maddening thing, maddening thing for Nebraska fans for baseball. You're playing these teams like UNO, South Dakota State, North Dakota State, Creighton, with far less resources invested into baseball. And I – I don't care if it's midweek or Friday, Saturday,
1: Sunday baseball. You should win those games. Oh, absolutely. They're five and five in the midweek. Nebraska's five you and should five. be nine and one. Yeah. I mean thank you. Maybe eight, for saying maybe that. eight and two. No, eight, two. Uh, eight, two, nine, one. Five and five in the midweek. There's a bottom line to this discussion before we continue it. An NCA tournament at large bid is off the table. They got to win in Omaha. Yeah. And this weekend if they got to get to Omaha first.
0: They're going to go to Maryland for a three-game series, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, playing a ranked Terrapin team who is the class right now of the Big Ten, is it possible? Can they get a series win out there? What's considered a victory, a series win? I mean, they got to get at least one win. I think we both agree on that. <laughs> yeah, they do. If they get swept yeah, out there trouble. off that sweep at Iowa, that's
1: trouble. Well, the, the, the other part of this discussion that's fascinating they're, Nebraska's tied for third in the league right now. Not bad. Nine and six. That's, not, that's, not, that's no disaster. Nine and six. But if they get swept, they're nine and nine. And right now, so on the other hand, the problem is they're only two and a half games from falling out of the top eight. So there's a the, the, the Big Ten's bunched up right now. Nebraska only two and a half games from falling out of the top eight, which is the threshold to make the league tournament. I will tell you, Sean, if they do not make the league tournament back-to-back years, they're... That's a problem. Okay, I, I'm just going to say it, that Will would be in trouble at that point. Because they put and, this and tournament... And should be in trouble. They put this tournament in Omaha.
0: Right. Because Nebraska has the best fans in the conference and created a great atmosphere, and, and
1: they haven't been there. No, it would put Will in a precarious situation, I think, with his boss. So they I,
0: haven't been... There hasn't been a Big Ten tournament in Omaha with Nebraska in it since 2019, right?
1: Yeah, am I overstating that, by the no, way? No, I... You're... I I just think you can't miss the tournament. It's the top eight teams. You can't miss that back-to-back years. You just can't. So that's something to watch. Now, the schedule after this game gets a little easier. They play Purdue. Now, Sean, there's only nine league games left. There's only
0: three It always fascinates me that the Big Ten only plays a 24-game league schedule. It's not a lot of
1: games. So you get Purdue and Penn State as your last two series, which you should – those should be series wins. Uh, Maryland will be tough. Maryland has hit 101 home runs, Sean. 101 home can runs. Can they get a
0: good start on Friday is the key for Nebraska.
1: Yeah, that, that, now Maryland has a 101 home runs, but they have, a, they have a team ERA over six, okay? So they don't pitch it very well. But they're on a heater right now. Maryland's on a heater. They've won eight of ten. So Nebraska's not catching them in a great time. But I think Nebraska can go out there and slug and score. But yeah, the pitch. Yeah, you're right though. Nebraska's pitching's got to hang in there. On a whole nother
0: college baseball note, have you been following this thing in Alabama? Yes, I have. Holy, fired a coach. So Brad Bohannon, the head baseball coach of Alabama, was removed this week because they've been able to link gambling to him. And what happened was they played a Friday game against LSU, where you know your Friday is your best game, your best pitcher goes. Well, the pitcher for Alabama was scratched. It was not known by anybody, but that information was relayed to somebody close to Bohannon given to a gambler in Ohio who, I'd I'd be curious what the bet was in terms of dollars that moved the needle on this to get the attention. Because it's not like, I'm guessing there's not a lot of action on college baseball games. So if you walk in to Ohio casino and put 10 grand on Alabama, or whatever the number was, mm-hmm. that's going to get the attention. But they've got it on, like,
1: ta- I mean, he's, he's cooked, this guy. Like, he's that's a bad deal. That's a bad deal. It's a bad deal for college sports because you don't – it makes people wary and skeptical, you know. And they almost won the game. It was 8-6. to six. Yeah. It, yeah. It's a tough one, Sean. Yeah, you just you, – what makes you
0: wonder is how much this happens. They caught this one. How many have not gone uncaught? And finally, our final headline, um, we've talked earlier in the show about Keelan Smith uh, joining the Huskers recruiting class. Let's welcome in his father, former All-Pro, former Husker All-American great, Neil Smith, joining us from Kansas City on Husker Online Headlines. Neil, first of all, uh, thank you for joining us. Congratulations on the exciting news today as your son thank will be before you. Husker.
2: Thank you so much. You might see my hand. And I'm It's not intentional by any means, but I'm trying to hold his phone here. <laughs> but anyway, yes, I appreciate you guys for having me.
1: What, well, yeah. how, how's this? I mean, what goes through your mind on a day like this, Neil, when when your son, Keelan, I mean, commits to your alma mater?
2: Well, you know, you know how kids are. They like to follow in footsteps. They try to duplicate everything that you do. And uh, so I um. I commend Peeling. you know, he, 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 you know, he don't really know about my college situation, but he, he so aware of it.
0: Yeah. Neil, um, how much have you followed Nebraska? I mean, you played here many years ago, you're still down close by in Kansas city. Lots changed with this program over the years. How much have you been able to kind of keep track of Nebraska? And I, I know, um, your son's had a chance to meet Matt rule. What do you think of the new direction of this football program up here?
2: Well, you know, it's always good to have a, a new beginning. You know, I know we struggled throughout these last, you know, uh, few years that we've had, and um, the legacy of Nebraska has been been whole. You know, we have always been a power high football team. We're trying to get back to that, and I think, you know, Mac, given the situation, he can build it. You know, and I told Keelan, there's nothing wrong with going to a new rebuilding, you know, then you can see it from, Z, from ground zero. You can be a part of, uh, you know, turning the narrative, and that's what we did even when I was there, you know, not winning the you know the, the 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 big eight titles, but yet right behind that, you know, it became all you know the 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 uh, the winning and and the continues to winning and then the championships follow.
1: Neil Smith joins us. Neil was an All-American defensive lineman at Nebraska in 1987, two-time Super Bowl champ. This was the big one, Neil. You made the all the NFL All-Decade Team for the 90s, which is a, that's a I mean though that's only major league players, obviously. Now. How involved? I mean, how did you approach this with your son's recruitment? Did you do you let it? Did you let it play out with him? Did you recommend anything? I mean, how did you? How did you approach it?
2: Well, you know, I I I really put it in the hands of Keelan. You know, he um he really wanted it. He wanted to be close around home. Well, you know his you know his family you know, can get to him and his, you know brothers and sisters and I, I just say, you know Keelan whatever you whatever you decide you know, I'm not mad at it. I'm just, you know, I'm happy for you. I'm happy for the whole situation where you can, you know, people can still come and see you, um, you know, and uh, he just, he just, that's where he wants to go. He said, I'm all in. This is where I want to be at. I'm happy about it. I'm excited about it. And I said, well, you know, it's a lot of work still to be yet to be done. You know, Killing have to get through his, you know, his senior year of school. You know, he have to, you know, and I, and I told him, I said, you could be the first one, you know, uh, you know, of your of your generation to finish college. And I want him to finish. I want him to finish school. I want him to get his degree. He's, you know, if he can put in on the football field, he can definitely do it in, um, you know, in um, in the classwork. So it, it, it's a lot, To it's, it's just the beginning. It's totally the beginning of everything.
0: Neil, at this age, how much does Keelan remind you of yourself in the sense that his body and his development He's just at the start of that. And, and and tell your story when you got to Nebraska. Just Yeah. How big you were, what you weighed, and then kind of what you ended up finishing your football career at it, um, in the NFL.
2: Well, you know, Keelan is a long, skinny kid like I was. You know, he was a basketball kid, which is good. You know, it he helped his agilities and, and everything. Kind of like the same body frame in a sense, you know. Uh, I, of course, I think I was a lot faster than Keelan would will be. But he he won't say that. But he can run pretty good, you know. Uh, you know, you got to put in, you know, I, I, I never, you know, had the the, the weight program and the, the diet and the, uh, the, the direction to how to build muscle and speed and strength, you know, until I went to the university of Nebraska and it changed my life. It changed my whole career really. And once I know, you know, that your body's a your temple, you just take care of it. And then, you know, it, and then when you ask for it, it, it it can give back. So, and Keelan got a long ways to go as far as that, you know, a lot of strength He's going to get bigger. It's kind of same, 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 same deal. I don't think he's going to get as big as I was. How how do you,
1: what's your, what do you envision for Keelan as far as where he'll fit in at Nebraska position wise?
2: I mean, I'm making for him. You know, um, um, he's a great kid, man. I mean, he's really, really smart. You know, he can, he can fit in anywhere. I think he can, the good thing about Keelan is he can adjust to anything. And that's one of the, the big key deals where, you know, he can get in and fit in. And he can, you know, get his self I don't, he's not a shy kid. You know, he, he's like the voice his opinion. And, you know, he just got to learn when the right thing to say. And, I, and I'm sure, you know, I've taught him along with his mother those type of situations. You
0: know, you're down in Kansas City. I'd be remiss if I didn't ask you about what it's like down there coming off another Super Bowl. Um, just what is this, what is it like day to day in Kansas City, especially being a former Chiefs great? Uh, I'm sure it's pretty fun times with the draft just wrapping up there this past weekend as well.
2: Yes. Can you hear it in my voice? was um, a long week. Uh, the draft was, was exciting here in Kansas city. Uh, for me, um, it was a lot of, a lot of work, a lot of appearances, a lot of um, uh, activity that I got involved. It was big, man. And I love the fact that, you know, they allowed Kansas city to host this. I think we did a really good job, you know, um, you know, within the community. And I think Kansas city, I reach out and thank Kansas city personally and the chief because uh, you know, we raised a lot of money for our foundation and, and these are the things in the situation, the platforms that we need to, you know, to reach back and give back to the community. And, you know, and I thought the same thing to Keelan. Keelan is a very, very active in the, in the community. And, and he always, you know, been there, He's done the Red Cross and done, he's helped with my foundation, uh, the third and long foundation. So he's really aware of, um, you know, how to do it and give back to the community. And I wouldn't be surprised that, you know, he jumped head in and start that in Nebraska.
1: Neil, what is your foundation, third and long?
2: What a, the Derek Thomas Neil Smith Third and Long Foundation? If you can Google it, we actually, we go. You know, we have a reading program here that Derek the Lake Derek Thomas started, and when Derek passed, I taken over um, Derek's um, dream and his vision, and 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 still today, you know, twenty years later, twenty three years later, you know, we're still here pushing his foundation and still raising money and helping kids to learn how to read and and to write and and to, to, to speak, you know, within crowds. And, and, you know, our graduation rate is really good. We've had a lot of kids come back, be attorneys, be lawyers, be doctors, and to come back and speak to these kids over again. So I'm really, really pleased about where we at as far as, you know, our foundation and um, we we just love what we do. We do, we host golf tournaments. We do wine, um, you know, a lot of different events throughout the year and um, anybody that ever want to come to Kansas City, if you ever want to look at it, just go to our website. You know the Neil Smith, Derrick Thomas, Third Long Foundation, and you can follow us um, in that.
1: Neil Smith joins us. Neil, you've come a long way since you were that kid who came in here with combat boots
2: and <laughs> uh, and you you weren't that highly recruited, right? No, sir, no sir. I was actually uh, I was a sleeper. I was a sleeper of of, of the whole group. No one knew about me. Heard about me. But they put me. They put me together. They put me there and gave me an opportunity. I was headed to the uh, Marines. You know, being my grandfather and my father, was an ex-Marine and yeah. you know and fought in wars. And I just, it was always on my mind. I want to follow my fa- father's footsteps. So I can see where Keelan's at in his life and see how he feels like. What he want to do as far as you know, following us, uh, following me and trying to to mimic, mimic me. And you know, you know, good luck. And I know he's. You know, he he can he can do it. Uh, i'm for i'm pulling for him and and hopefully you know they embrace a great kid uh, that likes to get it done all right what do you think of some of these
0: coaches at nebraska the matt rule and the staff he's brought in have you been able to spend like uh terrence knighton um long nfl defensive lineman's the d-line coach here have you been yeah. able to kind of connect and meet some of these new coaches on the staff well you know
2: i have not i i'm looking forward to to meeting everybody i have not met um, you know, coach, even his self-coach role, I haven't even talked to him. And like I said, Keelan is way ahead of the game. He's way ahead of me. And, you know, I know his whole process and all, but I'm I'm super excited to, you know, to get there and to meet those guys and, you know, and see, you know, actually what I can still do, you know, but my main objective, you know, make sure Keelan is, is is on the right on the right track and, and headed in the right direction.
0: Well, Neil, we really appreciate you taking some time to join us here on Husker Online Headline. Con- congratulations. Thank on, you to your son and your family. Uh, you got another Husker. We're going to see you up here.
2: Absolutely. Uh, we'll be that yeah. Kansas
0: City barbecue up here with us. We'll take it up in the studios.
2: Always can run it down to you. No problem. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> well, th- thanks again yeah. to Neil thanks Smith. A lot. Appreciate you guys for joining right.
1: us here on Husker Online Headlines. Man. Wow. Now, Matt Rule would love to have Neil Smith around. You know how Rule is. He loves the tradition of this place. I guarantee you, Matt Rule knows a lot about Neil Smith
0: yeah what i what i've kind of gathered is he understands big picture you know what who neil smith is oh yeah his value Mm -hmm. i mean just having him around other families
1: of the program Mm -hmm. think about just what a big neil walking around yeah i mean you're talking about a i mean a a damn near nfl hall of famer i mean i emphasize that nfl all decade team because usually that's a hall of Famer. he'll probably i mean he'll get in eventually like on one of the
0: later maybe the later i mean you know those first ballots to the, you know, like Mick Tinglehoff had to wait several years before he got
1: in. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know, Sean. I don't know about that. I don't. You might be right. You might be wrong. I don't know. But this was a six-time Pro Bowler. I mean, this is a it led the league in sacks. Now it's exciting. Um And I think Neil, you heard him. It's sort of interesting to say. I hadn't talked to Matt Rule. He, you know, some dads they stay out of the recruiting process. They let their son make the decision on his own. And I think Neil did that with Keelan there are similarities here I mean Neil was not highly recruited he was the last guy Nebraska added to the class when he was a you know when he was coming in he was the last guy in an offensive lineman and they told Neil if this offensive lineman commits then you're not going to be in it um offensive lineman Jack Pierce recruit right yeah absolutely Sean it was a Jack Pierce recruit so Neil got in and then you know he wasn't very big um, but it, as he said, he found that weight room and transformed himself and transformed his life, but really through that weight room and became a force. I mean, he just became a force. It's
0: interesting, too, that he won the rings in Denver, but clearly Kansas City is where his roots are. I got chills seeing those pictures of him and Derek Thomas because that, that's thats the football I grew up with. Oh, yeah. Oh, Watching yeah. Chiefs on Sunday. Oh, I mean, yeah, those guys. Yeah, Neil could rush the Christian Okoye, Joe Montana. Yep. Marcus Allen.
1: Yeah, that was cool. That was cool. We, we we had to kind of battle to get Neil on. It was worth the from battle. A tech, from, from a technology standpoint, but it, yeah, it was really cool to have him on on the day that his son Keelan commits to Nebraska.
0: Well, thanks again to Neil Smith for joining us. Um, if you're not a member to Husker Online, check us out at huskeronline.com. we got a great special, $29.99 uh, for access from now all the way to August 31st. Also, like, follow us here on YouTube. We put the show up on podcasts as well. You can find us By simply typing Husker online, anywhere you find podcasts for Husker online. I'm Sean Callahan and Steve Sippel.